What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beers and. Today, we're going to be talking about beers and magnets. That's right. I like it. Opposites attract. Opposites attract. Oh, you know what I just realized? We're going to be talking about polarity, and it's just about Christmas, and Santa lives in the North Pole. Oh, my goodness. Look at all the things that are coming together. How many, um, like how many years did you write a letter to Santa? I'll be real honest with you. I don't think I have a vivid memory of actually like writing to Santa at all. I definitely have at least three times. I, yeah, I want to say that maybe in school, but I don't think I ever did from home. I don't know if that says I had a sad childhood, (laughs) but I feel like it might allude to the fact that I had a sad childhood. I have a really good story, but I'm going to save it. Are you going to save it? Yeah, I'm going to save it actually probably for a week. Yeah, I was going to so, say, we'll do a little Christmas episode next week, if anything. Cliffhanger. As, as we as we get closer. I've been into the Christmas music, though, this year. I am very oh. into the spirit of it. And on that note, I'm going to introduce my co-host, everyone. Uh, to my right is my buddy, one of my really, really good friends, Nick. Hi there. Hello, sir. And I'm Alex. Welcome back to another episode of Beers and... You can just call us St. Nick and the Grinch over there. Oh, yeah, that's true. I am, of... I am the Grinch. Oh, man. Well, we, we don't have to do that yet, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So <laughs> Nick and I have a new um, segment today. Yes. It's called Party Fouls. But first, let's introduce the beer. Yeah, go for it. So today we're going to be drinking... Um, it's a double IPA from Magnify. It's called Most Important Meal. What is the most important meal? The, for me? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Some would argue breakfast. They say that it's breakfast, but my breakfast is usually two, <laughs> roughly two shots of espresso and a cigarette. Today was um, just a shot of honey liqueur. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I also had I also had uh, two shots of espresso, uh, a cigarette, some pre-workout, and then I had a little bit of protein. Oh, good for you. Thanks. I went to the gym. You're, you're hitting all the notes today. Right? Aren't I doing good? <laughs> so the Such most important meal today technically is breakfast. So this is a double IPA brewed with milk sugar, oats, mm-hmm. and coffee. Beautiful. Yes. I love the way that all sounds. This, uh, since you really introduced it, uh, introduced it to me, beers with milk sugar, I am a big fan of. It makes them really smooth. I really, really like it. It gives them a nice mouthfeel. Ooh. <laughs> mouthfeel. I like the, I like ooh, the hand, little hand gesture. The, ooh, yeah. a mouthfeel. We're Italian. You know, we talk with our hands a lot. <laughs> I was just... Never mind. I'll save it for another day. Okay. Okay. So let's get into, before we get into party fouls, let's get into the question. Oh yeah. So Ooh, I, I actually okay. have a really, really good one today. This is a, this is a big brain teaser, I think. Okay. Tell me one thing you love, but also that you think you could give up tomorrow. One thing I love, but I think I could give up tomorrow. It could be something that you love to do, love to consume, um, I, I anything was, along those lines. I was going to say, uh, I, the first thing that came to mind was, was bread. I do think that I love bread, love bread. I I had half a loaf of ciabatta last night with dinner. Hence, (laughs) hence why I went to the gym this morning. I was going to say, was that dinner? Yep. Um, I, I did very well, but I think that I could cut it out tomorrow purely because there are enough alternatives. Okay. I think. All right. I think. What would you what would you cut out? I'm going in a way different direction. I'm going to say video games. Really? Yeah, because I mean if you guys have been listening, you know I like rave 
about yeah. video games all the time. How often do you actually play? Like Every day. Do you really? Every day. Huh. There are some days where I'm, where I, I, and this happens to me like quite often, I get sick of all the games that I have. Like, I'm like, I'm like a big Madden guy, but you know, Madden's kind of repetitive or like, or I've been playing Rocket League for five years. Oh yeah. Six years. Who knows? But yeah, like there, there are like time periods, like a couple days go by where I don't play anything because I'm like, fuck all these games. Really? Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like in, the only reason I say that is because I think that I could give it up and I know my life would be better for it because I would be more productive with other things. Well, I think that's, that's what's kind of interesting when it comes to like, you know, something that you love and then would have to give up, I think is really like personality indicative. You are the type of person... And I think I am to a certain degree as well. We're like, I can occupy myself. Like I can find interest in a lot of Definitely. other shit that would like keep me going throughout the course of it. That's yep. why not to harp on it by any means, but like when everybody, when we went through like that first lockdown, like that, the hard one, everyone was like, Oh my God, I I got, I can't do this anymore. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like every day I'm picking up something new and enjoying it for 48 hours. And then I'm on to the next thing and I'm over <laughs> it then. Like, you kidding me? I was so happy to just be home. Yeah. And not have to see anyone. N- no one. It was wonderful. And I also think you guys, the the two of you, much like like Nick and I, it's a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. If you yeah. can make it through with that one person, I think you're pretty well set. It's true. Lockdown was a, a test of what, relationships. A real test. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we both passed so far. So so far. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. Nick often would take a nap in the middle Still of the day. The test. I would, uh, I would, I would have half an edible, and then I would go ahead, and it would take me four hours to make a banana bread. Uh, but Sound, I had, we had a wonderful time. Sounds awesome. Everybody you know, was very happy, no matter what. I had a lot of um, heirloom tomato grilled cheese Ooh. with bacon during lockdown. Oh. That was like a staple every day. I'd be like, "Oh, I know what I'm having." I love a good, love a good grilled cheese. Heirloom tomatoes are like. I don't know where I, I don't know where I heard this. And before we, we're, we're tangenting, but that's what we do. I don't know where I heard this, but uh, somewhere Reddit, uh, folks who tend to have grilled cheese on a regular basis tend to be more um, like sexually minded. Like people tend to enjoy interesting sexual activity a little bit more. Ooh. And uh, unnoted aphrodisiac, maybe. Perhaps. I don't know what it says. <laughs> I don't know what it means. But, uh, you know, if anything, that's probably a good segue into our new segment, if anything. I think so. So, party fouls. <laughs> this is the portion of the show we're going to make sure that uh, we, we start to integrate a little bit more often. Alex and I, we've never claimed that anybody comes to this to this podcast uh, to be learned, uh, to be uh, learned. So that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. But as we all know, sometimes you have a couple beers with some friends, you start talking, and sometimes not all of your facts always line up. And being the bigger people that we are, huge people, huge people. It's important for us to go ahead and at least make note of some of those mistakes. We right. never want to lead anybody afoul, and we never want to make it seem like we're, you know, spouting the word of truth. That's um, why we give sources for our stories. Uh, but every once in a while, we make a little mistake. Sure. You know. Blame it on the beer. Blame it on the beer. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on something that, and, we, you know, obviously we go back and listen to the episodes. 
But one thing that I noticed when I went back and listened a couple episodes ago, if anyone remembers, we drank, talked about mm, fruit from other half. Yes. For the majority of the conversation, Nick and I were under the impression that it was a sour. When mm. in reality, really, it was just a Berliner Weiss. Oh, uh, yes. And we, we made many comments about how we wanted it to be more sour and how it tasted like an apricot wheat beer, which yeah. is what it was. Which is what it was. But hey, I mean, good for us. We got there. Dude, we we that, figured out what we were drinking. Should we go back and do that one again? We'll do it as like a little mini. You know, I, had, I thought mini about recording? this last night. I didn't tell you. I think that, well, I thought that maybe we should do like revisited and go back to beers that we've had and do them again. I like that because I think we gave that a little bit, or at least I feel like I did, gave it a little bit of a lower yeah. rating as a result of me thinking that it was supposed to be, that a, it sour. Was, uh, supposed to be a sour. Same. And the same, I did the same thing. All right. So All that, right. that's a party foul on me. Party foul. And on, on us. On us. Yeah collectively yeah my party foul was uh actually from our last episode uh beers and taxis um i had made note that the hindenburg oh, yes. had crashed in into linden in linden when it had actually crashed in lakehurst so close i, I was close the l's threw me off um Oh, the humanity of oh, my mistake. The humanity. Of my mistake. So I apologize for that. If you guys ever come across a situation where we have made a mistake, um, let us know. You know, tell us on Twitter, Beers and One, uh, on Instagram at Beers and a Podcast, uh, or shoot us an email, uh, an email at Beers and Podcast at gmail.com. Email. Yeah. Email. Emails. Yeah. We never want to, we don't want to be those guys. Party fouls. No, we, we live up to our mistakes. I think it's important. There's probably a lot more that we probably, oh, you know, probably. haven't uh, acknowledged yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're learning. And you guys are learning with us. Let's um, let's let's touch on this this Magnify beer. Ooh. So I I peaked before. It's a nine percent. Good. I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we've established that neither one of us have had any solid foods for any, the day. Any solid food. Good. 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 Good on us. I'm reaching. Almost knocked over my glass. It's fine. I always forget that this glass has pieces of broccoli space on broccoli space broccoli yeah they have little uh jetpacks on them do oh they do some of them do and they're smiling yeah well i mean i'd be smiling too if i had a jetpack on my back flying through space would you really i feel like i'd be screaming the ah! <laughs> you know no one can hear you screaming space it's ah. better <laughs> someone can hear you scream no it's a vacuum sound has nowhere to go all right you're right physics man yeah, you're right the essence of my scream would exist. Ooh, I like the color of this. It, um, so I, I expected it to be darker. Oh, really? In the glass. Yeah, only because well, it's brewed with coffee. It's still much darker, I think, it is than a lot it's of It's a little the, more amber. Yeah. A little more golden. It's kind of a foamy head to it. Um, yeah. Let me well, see. Is there anything else on the can? No. When you make, when you say amber, too, I'm, I'm thinking it's even more of, you know, it's a really dark amber. When it's I, really dark. When I say amber, I think of uh, Jurassic Park. I don't. I don't think no. I... T have you never seen Jurassic Park? Oh, wow. Okay. I don't think I actually have. Oh, my goodness. That's a classic. I know. And I'm embarrassed a classic. by it. Because well, I feel like we just talked about it on a previous episode also, how I used to play the, the video game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I won't spoil it for you. Okay. All I know is that Sir David Attenborough's like brother is in it. He plays the the other, like the professor. Oh, the guy with the white hair and the glasses. Yeah, that's David Attenborough's. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. What do you, well, you smell anything yet? <laughs> no, I haven't put my. I'm note. getting like a a very lovely 
toasted coffee. Oh, I'm getting that that coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like really, really, like just kind of wake up in the morning, someone's brewing coffee, and there's like that faint it's smell a, creeping into your bedroom. Yeah, it's a really, really pleasant. And that wheat, I'm getting a quite a bit of that that it's, weedy yeah. smell in there too. Yeah. Ooh, it smells really good. Cheers. Cheers, sir. Let's see what it's about. Ooh, it's a little bit more bitter. It actually, the the bitter kind of plays nice with the coffee note. Yeah, because the coffee note's really strong on the nose, but not you on the tongue entirely. You don't think so? I don't. Th- I drink a lot of espresso. That's true. I drink a lot of espresso. It really does taste like coffee. What was the What was the rest of the? It's uh, coffee, oats, and milk sugar. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. This is a genuinely this good, is a good one. beer. It doesn't linger for too long. No, but I feel like I have coffee breath now. Yeah, so do I, which is, it's again, so weird. which is great for, again, a predominantly audio uh, oh, totally. medium. Breath for radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really impressive. The milk sugar really kind of comes up on like the sides of my tongue more than anything else, which I really I, like. And I'm getting the oats and the coffee then in the middle. Yep. It's really well balanced. It's got like a, almost like a caramelly note to it. Right. But not so much. And I think that's because of the oats in conjunction Possibly. with. Yeah. But I'm really, so does this mean that we can probably take this with us to work, put it in a coffee mug and no one will know the difference? I mean, I think so. It has coffee in it. Well, you've heard it here first, folks. You are allowed to go ahead and drink this particular beer. Allowed by Nick and Alex. Yep. Done and done. Tell your bosses. Tell your bosses. Actually, you know what? No. Don't tell them. Yell at your bosses and just tell them this is how it's going to be. No, you go down to human resources. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Who is the uh, who's the the character in Popeye who, who always wanted a cheeseburger? Oh. Why do I feel like he was always drunk too? Because he always seemed like he was drunk. He was, right? He always hiccuped. Oh, he didn't, did. Didn't That's he always right. hiccup? He was yes. always wasted. That's wow. why he was always eating cheeseburgers. That's why he's, yeah. I could go for a cheeseburger oh my goodness. right about now. That is my guilty pleasure. Hands down, I could have a cheeseburger any day. What? Do you have a particular type of cheese? Oh, uh, you know, it depends on the burger. Like, it depends on the style of burger that I'm having. Okay. For, for that meal. All right. Like, uh, like I know you really love Swiss and mushroom. I love... You give me, like, caramelized onions oh, with yeah. some sautéed mushrooms, garlic, and Swiss cheese. Whew. But I would only ever have Swiss cheese on that kind of burger. Like, uh, I, feel, I feel like I'm much more of, like, a like a fancy cheese guy. Like, I really like pepper jack. Pepper jacks, it's got to be it's a good... No qual- it's got to be a good quality pepper jack. Yeah. I'm not going to settle around for this craft shit by any means. Goat cheese is really good on a burger, too. Ooh, I love a good goat cheeseburger. Yeah. With like a cherry marmalade. Ooh. And, uh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds good, right? So today we're talking about magnets. Surprise. <laughs> you you wouldn't know it. Nick, did you know that oh, uh, God. Re- recently scientists have shown that the Earth's magnetic field is weakening? I'm so sorry. I just took a big gulp. That's okay. Is it really? Is it because of the fact is that the core... Does it have something to do with the, the, the core of the Earth? No, it's actually current events have made it less attractive. Really? Yeah. I, you, you know, current events. Oh, like a current Oh my God, he's hitting me with the puns. <laughs> Here we go. We're back, We've baby. been having a great time talking about cheese. We're back. 
talking about David Attenborough's brother. Now he comes are. Alex with the jokes. So it is due to the the pattern of currents, though. No, no, oh. it was just a joke. Oh, for God's sake! And that's the sound of it going over your head. Let me tell you the party foul segment, and uh, and our next episode is going to be full of Alex jokes. So why is <laughs> no? I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. Why? Um. So why is it getting? Why is it getting weaker? Less, yeah, weaker. It was really. I was going to say it was really less, just a joke. Oh, it was really just for yeah. the joke. <laughs> let me let me one more time. Recently, scientists have shown that Earth's magnetic field is weakening. Really, Alex? Why? Well, it's true. Current events have made it less attractive. That's a pun on all sorts of levels. It really is. Yeah, all and sorts you're of very proud of yourself. Oh, so, so much so that you went ahead and you had the interaction with yourself for a second time around. Yeah, well, I figured I had to do it because you're sitting over there thinking I'm actually trying to come up with something important. I don't know. I thought it was. <laughs> Would you like to... Re- no, I... Rede- yeah, you know what? I'm going to say it. Redact? No, not redact. Redeem. What's your first magnet uh, fact you got for me? Mm. <clears throat> surprise, surprise. We're going back to uh, the ancient days. People people we've spoken about already. So I'm going to... Is it the the Romans or the Egyptians? It's the, There are Egyptians in here. There's some Greeks. Ooh. Yeah. So according to Greek legend, magnetism was first discovered by a shepherd named Magnus. Who lived in Magnesia, Greece? That's right. con- that's convenient. Convenient. Magnus was herding his sheep through the mountains when suddenly he noticed the ferrule of his stick, you know, the little metal pieces, yeah. and the nails in his sandals, which sounds terrible, got stuck to a rock. The stone was named magnetite after the name of the shepherd or the country that okay. it was found in. Magnetite is one of the three natural occurring oxides of iron, along with hematite, and I believe it's either goethite. Or geotite. They get attracted to magnets and can be easily magnetized to form a permanent magnet. Naturally magnetized pieces of magnetite are called lodestone. And it's a form of iron oxide that forms when magma cools slowly. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. So that's, those are the uh, earth made naturally occurring magnets. Uh, I was going to ask is if, is this type of, or like, is it still being, is the earth still actively like creating enough for us? Cause like, I, I know that there's always this whole like idea that like after a while, like tungsten is something that is naturally produced by the earth, but that, you know, they're saying that, you know, uh, in a relatively short period of time, we're going to run out of like our supply. Oh, I didn't know of that. Tungsten. Yeah. I had heard it again somewhere at one point. In no, time, I had no so. idea. Did you know the, um, random fact, the, the piece of an x-ray machine that turns the electric force into x-rays mm-hmm. is tungsten. No. Yeah, because it, it can withstand up to a very, very high level of heat, huh. which is, you know, produced by the x-ray machine. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, those machines um, cause a whole lot of heat. X- Actually, we're going to get into MRI later. I was going to say, yeah, because I, I thought that there was some connection between those types of machines and magnetism Definitely. as well. Yep. So a little further, after Greece, I found this very interesting. People in ancient Egypt started using magnets to play tricks by making objects of worship float in midair by proper positioning. Oh. And not only that, but legend has it that uh, the emperor of uh, one of the emperors of China use magnets to save his palace by constructing gates made of lodestone. So these lodestone gates, the parts made of metal, got attracted to the magnetic gates and prevented them from going any further. So like magnet lock doors. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. So they've been around for quite some time. What year, Was there a year for that? I don't or? have a year. Um, but, but still, I mean, if we're going back at least to the ancient... Ancient Egypt, that's at least uh, 2,500 BC, so 4,500 oh 4, 4, years, years ago. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. Pretty Interesting. Awesome. Yeah. I um, I naturally <laughs> went in a slightly different direction naturally. with this. So uh, I had, uh, I, I don't know why, but for some reason I like subtitled all of my different section, sections. So uh, I've got, uh, this first one is uh, sticky, fig- uh, sticky Fingers with Magnetic Accomplices. Uh <laughs> So these are a couple of different crimes that have been committed involving magnets. I love that. So uh, I've got uh, two here, if anything. So the first one, this is from the, the Wichita Falls Times Record News. And this was actually from May of 2020, uh, an article written by Christopher Walker. Um, so a person by the name of Exa Lujan, all right, she was arrested for trying to remove security tags in a store using a large stack of magnets because as you know that is what you know those those big security magnets those sure. big plastic things on there they're filled with ink too i heard that that's a bit of a i thought is that, that not true i think that some of them do and they explicitly say it a lot of the rest of them oh. are um like magnetized so that when you walk through security it then goes off if I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. Uh, So she was uh, allegedly using these magnets to deactivate uh, clothes or tags from clothes at Kohl's. Uh, When she was caught, she was brought to like LP, so like loss prevention. Uh, She kept giving a false name and a false date of birth. I don't know why. Kohl's is like notorious for actually being good at like catching folks uh, that are trying to steal. Uh, Eventually she admitted that she was lying. She was arrested and she was released on a $1,750 cash bond. Oh damn. So I've got another one that's even more recent, if anything as well. This was from September of this year, September 30th, 2021. This is being reported. Oh, very recent. Yeah. Uh, This is from Channel News Asia out of uh, Singapore. Um, from a journalist by the name of Divina Tham or Divina Tom. Um, so nine members of a crime syndicate had been arrested for using industrial grade magnets to cheat buyers out of marine fuel oil. So, you know, uh, the types of fuel that are used for like large tankers and some of these large like cargo ships. So the members of this crime syndicate they managed to tamper with the mass flow equipment on the barges of bunker tankers uh so basically the magnets would register that like higher levels of fuel were being delivered than actually was the case wow all they had done really simply they used duct tape and just duct taped the magnets to these really big machines but tried to make sure that the that the duct tape was like the same color as the metal of the machine itself buyers were cheated out of nearly three hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars worth of fuel yep and all of those that were involved were sentenced between 13 and 35 months in prison jesus yep 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 i feel like we're so desensitized as like a whole to large numbers like when you say three hundred thirty-seven thousand, like that's a lot. It still is a lot. Of, yeah. But like in my head, I'm like, oh, what's it? Tesla? Uh, what's his name? Elon Musk is worth right trillions of dollars, close to possibly. Absolutely. But you're right. But when you 
right when we take ourselves out of that moment then yeah. all of a sudden sort of a sort of apply it like you know if you think about okay how much it costs to fill up your car and that's a you know it's the equivalent to one yeah. degree or another you know three hundred thirty seven thousand dollars worth, worth of, of gas, gas. Oil, yeah which is wild wow yeah so that's Damn. what it, those are the those are the two ones we we only get crazier from there so there that is bizarre <laughs> so i'm i'm almost done with my coffee beer oh yeah do you want to oh i forgot about mine. um the more i drink it the more i really enjoy it like the the more i drink it the higher the rating i'm giving it because it, it really delivers on exactly what we thought the hops play a supporting role i think mm -hmm. to the coffee which is is the star and I, I really didn't get like tons of notes from the hops because it's kind of covered by the coffee. Yeah. It's very predominant, but I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I feel like after a while, I'm getting a, almost a little like spiciness. Almost. Very, yeah. and, and good coffee, like a coffee grind, or I'm sorry, a coffee bean, naturally, if you were to bite into it, it's so acidic yeah. that it is going to have a little bit of a spice to it. And I'm starting to pick that up as time has gone by. This is a genuinely, genuinely good pick. Like really, really well made. Um, I, t I just had my last sip and I'm still not getting like notes from the hops. They're just like kind of there. They're, yeah. They're really just there supporting it. But I would I would drink this again. And on top of that, I get none of the 9-0 ABV. No. Like, wow, I forgot that you had even mentioned yeah, that. Like none of it. This, this is like drinking a very easy sipping lager. Yeah. Yeah, if you were to go ahead and actually turn around and tell me that this was maybe like a six, six and a half, even be just because it is craft, I'd say, yeah, that makes about sense. What are you, uh, number-wise, what are we going to attach to it? I am sitting right around a 4.2, but I think I'm going to go a little lower and say 4.17. Only because, and this beer is fantastic, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I think is that I would like... Don't hear what I'm not don't saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I like that. I would, I would like other hops in here, or would like to taste the notes of the hops along with the coffee, but I'm really just nitpicking. I was going to go for pretty much about the same number. Ooh, I, I was going to say, I was thinking right around a four, four, one, and I'm going to, so for argument's sake, I'm going to go a 4.05. It's perfect. It's really, really well done. I like the simplicity of it it is yep. a really complex beer it, yep. like i said the way that it is balanced so i'm tasting like i said some of the oats and the milk sugar again on the sides of my tongue i'm getting that full coffee taste across you know the main palate i think it's a really smart and a really really well well brewed they kill it beer. yeah phenomenal they, they phenomenally well done so let me tell you i'm really fascinated by the strength of magnets. Mm -hmm. Like I love, like whenever I think of magnets, I usually think about, you know, when you're at a scrapyard, the big, big oh, yeah. disc that picks up all the scrap metal from the scrapyard. That's what I always think about. And I wanted to research it because I love that, but I also wanted to know how strong it was compared to other things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the earth's magnetic field at ground level is 0. 0.000. 000. Zero five mm -hmm. Tesla. Okay. Tesla is the unit of measurement applied to magnetic strength. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. So the scrap magnet is an electromagnet that is specially designed with very deep magnetic field for sorting out 
metal at a scrapyard. Transports the metal from one spot to the other, pretty much just like separating rubbish from each other. So you got this from an English site. No, I, I just said rubbish. I actually didn't write it Oh, that did down. you really? Okay, yeah. I was going to say. Came on very naturally. How very fancy. Um, so a scrapyard magnet is around the strength of one Tesla. So the Earth's, Earth's magnetic field oh is point zero 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 six Tesla. Yeah. And one scrapyard magnet is one Tesla. Holy shit. So like I teased a little earlier, MRIs employ powerful magnets, which produce a strong magnetic field. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know was, and how they work, it forces the protons in the body to align with the field of the magnet. And then when a radio frequency current is pulsed through the patient, mm-hmm. the protons are stimulated and they spin out of equilibrium, straining against the pull of the magnetic field. And this is how they're able to tell different tissues, you know, muscle, bone, brain matter. This is how they find that out. So the, the sensors are able to detect the energy released as the protons realign with the magnetic field. That's fascinating. It's so cool. How did they... I, I am... I don't... I don't get a lot of science. I'm not very good with math. But I'm fascinated at how it is they came to these conclusions. Like, what kind of process of trial and error or... Ooh. Sorry. Just kicked the microphone. Uh, I got so excited. Got I was going to so talk excited. about X-ray. Yeah, so excited. So when, so when X-ray was invented, discovered, whatever you want to call it... Um, Wilhelm Rankin. That sounds right. Is the man who invented it, and he tested it out on his wife, uh, Marie Marie Cleary. Curie. Curie. Marie Curie. Wait, Madame Curie was married Madame to C- Marie Cre- uh, maybe- Curie was the one that worked with um, uh, uh, like radioactive, like isotopes and radioactivity. That- I believe that she was married to a fellow scientist. I think so too. And I might, so Wilhelm Rankin is the one who invented or discovered x-ray. But the names, the names are registered. I don't remember her husband's name. I don't remember if it was Rankin. No. <laughs> I may be thinking of something else. Either way. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't Rankin, but whomever tested x-ray, like way too much, superfluously. Gave their wife, because that was their test subject, cancer. Because, oh. because they're radioactive rays. I feel like I do remember reading this. I don't believe it was Madame Curie. She gave, her, she gave, she herself, gave herself cancer as a result of being exposed okay. to, I'll have to look that up. radioactivity. But the trial and error, what I was really getting back to was the trial and error it took just to even realize what x-ray was when we, when we first discovered it. Like, who knows how many times it took to figure out how strong the magnets were or even make magnets strong enough to use the MRI. So it's... Wow. Good. No, no, no. I was going to say it, it really is amazing. And the, the MRI machine in general, you know, how Honestly, you quite literally need to remove any piece of yes. metal. So the, the pendant that I've got around my neck... Gotta go. I've only taken it off once. And it was for an MRI. In fact, I just recently had to like replace the the string that it's on, and I didn't actually take it off. I just threaded the new one. That's great. Through the old one because it's been around my neck for forever, for as long as 15, I've known you. I think sixteen years. Yeah, easily yeah. for as long as I've known you. Yeah. So which so I have an interest, interesting story from when I was an X-ray tech, a rad tech. Yes, when I was a rad tech, one of the MRI guys that I knew 
was telling me stories about crazy stuff that happened in the MRI room. So at one point, little old lady starts walking in with her walker. And before they could even tell her to like put it down and leave it on the other side of the room, it got launched across the room towards the MRI machine because that's why we don't bring metal in MRI rooms. Why was it on already? Is it always magnetized? It's always on. You actually, you can't shut that machine off because of, and I'm actually going to go into that. Yeah. You you can't shut that machine off. So it's always on. So the the magnet is always active. Uh Huh. But like, yeah, even I was in there and, you know, I had like a little lanyard around my neck with a magnet on the back and I wasn't that close to the machine and it was getting pulled. It's fascinating. It reminds me of, so recently I was hanging up, this has gone back a couple months. Uh, I was hanging up some, um, uh, like potting hooks, pottery hooks, uh, around the apartment and I've got plaster walls. So like screws really don't stick into the wall at yep. all. So as a result, I need to figure out like where the studs were. Now you can't use a stud finder on plaster. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. Well, I found that one out the hard way too. Um, but the suggestion is to have a particularly powerful magnet and allow that to hang on a string and run that up and down the wall. And eventually what winds up happening is that in order to find where like the nails are or whatever it is, that is what will, you know, tell you where the stud in a, uh, in a wall is. And it, uh, kind of worked. I just wound up getting really long screws instead. (laughs) There you go. Your problem's over. So I'm going to wrap up on MRIs. Oh, please. The MRI scanner is essentially a giant magnet. Mm -hmm. The strength of this magnet. Most MRI scanners used in hospitals and medical research clinics are 1.5 to 3 Tesla. So So three times the strength of a scrapyard. A scrapyard. Magnet. That's... It's scary. Yeah. It's scary in in a in the same sense where like when you're how can I put it? It's scary in the same sense when you think about like the vastness of the universe. It's that awe mm-hmm. that makes me frightened. Yeah. That they can harness that kind of power. It's it's crazy and like we honestly haven't even scratched the surface of the strength of magnets yet. I, I don't want to do my last one yet. Well, I was going to say, as a result then, have you then ever heard of magnet or magnetic fishing? I have not. So magnetic or magnetic fishing is when folks will go to uh, like riverbeds and will go to bodies of water and they will go ahead and they will throw magnets in and they will see what they can find. Oh. Now, in particular, oh. this is used and becoming like more and more popular with like amateur sleuths and folks trying to find out, you know, information about like cold cases. So, and I read about this, uh, in an article from the, Oh my God, I almost knocked over the glass. That would have been terrible. Uh, from, this is from the, uh, the Salt Lake Tribune in April of 2019. Um, it's written by, uh, journalist, uh, Jessica Miller. And she went out with the Utah cold case coalition, which is a nonprofit dedicated to working on unsolved crimes in Utah. And she went out with the founder of the uh, organization, uh, someone by the name of uh, Kara Porter, who claims that like a number of murders 
uh, remain unsolved around the Weber and Ogden rivers, many of which involved guns, which had never been found. So as a result, then they are trying to use this approach of like magnetic fishing in which they throw these powerful magnets uh, into the water to try and attract, um, again, you know, evidence that's so random right so like they she you know uh the journalist uh miller she went out with the group they went to a couple different uh like locations where bodies had been found in the river uh to try and make some discovery they weren't able to find anything but they got the idea from a member who had read of another magnet fisher who had found a loaded submachine gun in the water's of a river in Massachusetts. Relatedly, in May of this uh, last year, uh, 2020, this was, uh, I've got this from uh, KETK South Carolina, which is a local NBC affiliate. A six-year-old from Charleston, he managed to solve a crime that's older than he is. So during like the pandemic and again or during like lockdown his parents had suggested like find something that you can like entertain yourself with so he'd come across this idea of magnetic fishing um so he went down to like the local lake and he had found treasure he found a safe and they brought up the safe and they opened it up and he and his parents had found in it some like pieces of jewelry they had found a notebook and they found like a checkbook in it as well they alerted the uh like local authorities and it turned out that the safe had belonged to a neighbor who had it stolen eight years earlier and you know never was able to go ahead and find it so most of like the expensive pieces had been stolen but they were able to return it and at least give some closure to this particular neighbor i don't know about you but I'm feeling 22. Oh, sorry. We weren't doing Taylor Swift. We weren't. No, we weren't. Um, okay. That's okay. Anyway. We stand with T-Swift, though. Stand with T-Swift. Um, I want to go magnetic fishing. <laughs> so bad. So bad. I mean, it's kind of cool. I kind of liked the idea. I felt like it was something that was kind of... That's so random. But when you think about it, kind of makes sense oh, it makes like, total it, sense i mean especially from like a, a law enforcement perspective um the idea of like hiring a diving crew to go and look in a lake look in a river it's expensive hell yeah just running a magnet over or running it in the water to collect everything which my brain is just firing on all cylinders now this is how we solve so smart pollution laziness let's get rid of all of the metal that's uh, oh. in waterways. Just put these big old magnets in there and we'll get out all the, the oh. shopping carts that, that somehow always manage to make their way into somehow inland waterways. Somehow. Ah, ah. So, and they're always from Walmart or Kmart. Or Kmart. Yeah. Usually Kmart. They're all, how? Mm. I so, have no idea. So while, while you were talking, I actually did go and look and Marie Curie oh, yeah. is the one who was x-rayed repetitively really she her, was her hand and she oh, actually ended up dying of blood cancer yeah because of all the time she was exposed to radiation fascinating okay i knew that she had died she was as the first a result. subject wow but yeah. she had worked with she was a scientist as well she as far as i know she was but okay i'm not going to go down the uh yeah, the google rabbit hole right okay now. all right 
That's just that's just me. That's that's bad podcasting. Happens. Come on. No, it, is it is it though? <laughs> you know. Is it though? So what is what is good podcasting? So, oh, we already make mouth sounds into microphones. We, gone. Do. we don't really have much of a choice. I'll cut that. Don't worry. Cut it. Someone take care of it in post. Please. Take care of it in post. So, so I talked about the MRI magnet and how it's three Tesla. Mm-hmm. So that's actually 60,000 times stronger than the Earth's magnetic field. 60,000. 60,000 times stronger. But wait. There's more. But wait, there's more. Um, Call now. Uh, Billy Mays here for Super Magnets. Wah, wah, wah. A new, yeah, too soon. A new multi-component, partially superconducting electromagnet, electromagnet, currently the world's strongest DC magnet of any kind, is poised to reveal a path to substantially stronger magnets still, somehow. The new magnet technology could help scientists study many other phenomena, including nuclear fission, fusion, exotic states of matter, shape-shifting molecules, and interplanetary rockets, just to name a few. Oh, yeah, just off the top of our head, I can think of... Four four of the most controversial things ever. Oh, my God. Listen, listen to this. This is great. The National High Magnetic Field Laboratory in Tallahassee, Florida, is home to four types of advanced ultra-strong magnets, so strong that we can't even fathom. One supports magnetic resonance studies, so MRI. One's like a souped-up MRI. Another is configured for mass spectrometry, which is an analytical tool useful for measuring the mass to charge ratio of one or more molecules present in the sample. So essentially like checking out atoms and of different elements and seeing how much they weigh in comparison to other atoms of the same sample. So like we're getting into atomic mass and like all that stuff. I'm surprised that we had like don't already know some of that information i guess that uh, depending on the material that you want to study some magnets aren't able to produce the sample of the data that you need i guess that implies that also there are more elements that are always being that identified exactly and discovered. Like shape, okay. exotic states of matter shape-shifting molecules so anyway the another type of magnet produces the strongest magnetic fields in the world and there are also two sister campuses to uh the National High Magnetic Field Laboratory. At one of these sister campuses, there's the new multi-component, partially superconducting electromagnet. Okay. Like I said, currently the world's strongest DC magnet of any kind. It is amazing to me that this is all in Florida when it's such a... I know, right? A shit show. (laughs) Such a shit show. So, uh, okay. The new magnet uses a high-temperature superconducting material it's called rare earth barium copper oxide. Oh. Also known as Rebco. <sighs> oh, that's sound- Which I love. That's that's the name of the evil corporation in the next Terminator movie, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Right. Rebco. Rebco. Sister company of Skynet. <laughs> Cooling this particular superconductor below its critical temperature, which is the temperature below which it loses all electric uh, resistivity, actually increases its ability to handle higher currents and higher currents translate of course to higher magnetic fields yeah so what i found was that this magnet so now let's go back a scrap yard magnet is one tesla one tesla a an mri machine is typically between 1.5 and 3 and tesla three. yeah this new superconducting material has allowed this magnet 
to get up to 45.5 Tesla. Shut up. Yeah. Now, if I miss this, then I apologize. But how do you house something like that without, uh, to go back to even like my reference with the plaster, like how do you house that without the infrastructure, like nails coming out of walls so, and things like that? Like how they do it is they build the magnet, multi-component, so whatever it's built out of. And then they need to use essentially like, um, what's the uh, freezing gas? Nitrogen? Yeah. Yeah. Liquid nitrogen to cool these components while this magnet is running. Now, I don't have the exact time, but I remember it being very, very short. Like it only ran for like seven minutes or maybe even less than that. Yeah. But it was only able to run that long until it overheated. And it, it couldn't be used anymore. I, I really want to know what these things are going to lead to because I hate to say it, but it sounds like a real kind of waste at this. Like, I'm, I'm sure that it leads to good things, but at the same time, it sounds like a, a little bit of a waste of energy. You know what I wonder? And this this popped into my head. It's a while, weird dichotomy between was, the two. But. No, you're absolutely right. While I was researching it, I, this was something that I thought. So if three Tesla is 60,000 times more than the Earth's, Magnetic field, right? Mm -hmm. And this new thing is 45.5 Tesla. How long until we build something, create something, whatever you want to call it, strong enough that it disrupts the electromagnetic magnetic field? You bring up a phenomenal point. Like, truly. Especially because, as we consistently move in the universe oh, yeah. closer and closer to the sun. You know, and obviously we are talking hundreds of thousands of years, but like... As we do change our position in the universe, one has to assume that some of these things are going to be affected. Definitely. Huh. So, so and think about it this way. A tiny magnet, like a really, really tiny little like fridge magnet, maybe yeah. not a fridge one, but you know, like when we used in elementary school when we were kids, if you hang that from a string, it orients itself north according to the Earth's electromagnetic field. And the Earth's field isn't that strong. Yeah. I went over that. Not even a full Tesla. Not even half a Tesla. Not even a half a Tesla. Right. Yeah. How long until we hit something, we hit a point where we, we fuck shit up? I mean, like, pole reversal, earthquakes, volcanoes erupting, tsunamis because of the earthquakes. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I mean, it's an interesting thing to pose, especially, you know, to assume that only these laboratories, only these facilities in Florida are working on this, or at least, you know, investigating it. Mm-hmm. I think would be ignorant. I mean, to assume Absolutely. that there isn't something similar that's happening in half a dozen European and Asian countries is kind of, you know, it's probably a little silly. Yeah. Like we have the strongest, but who everyone's trying to beat it. Of obviously. course. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Huh? 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 Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got two more topics. Go run if through anything. Them, baby. Um, so I'll I'll uh, I'll go with this one. We'll we'll go with we'll go with just one okay. if anything in the in the interest of uh, for everybody's like well being at this point because you're probably thinking how much more can you talk about can, magnets? How long can they talk about and, magnets for? And the answer is as long as you'll give us, we will take <laughs> we will take that time. The limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. Uh, so this section I just labeled as we're all attracted to magnets. Uh, so there are actually a number of places in the United States that are called magnet. So there's one in Indiana. There's Magnet, Indiana. Uh, oh. Yep. It's an unincorporated community along the Ohio River. And it's kind of claim to fame. I won't you know, say it's, it's entire claim to uh, fame. 
But on August 21st of 1865, the USS Argosy was returning Union soldiers uh, of the 70th Ohio Infantry uh, back home, and it was forced aground by a storm. While it was aground, that night the boilers had exploded, and it led to the death of 10 different, like 10 of the servicemen. So those deaths, uh, those dead were initially buried in a mass grave, about half a mile away from Magnet. At the time, it was called uh, Rono, but now it's called Magnet, um, with 10 different grave markers. Uh, And then eventually, in 1965, uh, the Civil War, the Indiana Civil War Centennial Commission had given it an official plaque for the grave markers. So if you ever find yourself in Magnet, Indiana, you can go and visit that particular site. There's also a place called Magnet, Nebraska, it is 0.15 square miles, so it's teeny tiny tiny. Nope. Yep. Uh, as of at least the 2010 uh, census, there's a population of 57 folks. 57. Five seven. Okay. Okay. So it was put on the map in 1893 when the Chicago St. Paul Minneapolis Omaha Railroad. That's all the name of one uh, one railroad. That's not B and O. No, not at all. Not B B and O. B and R. Reading Reading Railroad, Reading Rainbow, whatever. Uh, it extended to that point in Nebraska, um, and it was named by its founder, a guy by the name of B. E. Smith. So close. Um, who ho- uh, who hoped that it would attract settlers to the area? Quote, as the magnet attracts iron. So the town motto is Magnet, the town too tough to die. The reason being is that a fire had broken out in a block of Main Street in 1925, for one thing, and it had taken out a 1.5 mile, square mile town. Exactly. And later on then, a tornado had destroyed a number of homes and businesses, first in 1937 and then again in 1975. Oh, wow. Right? The last, I guess I can, the last little bit of research uh, I had labeled, I was doing this late, uh, I call it magnets of war. Oh. So there are three different, or in the U.S.'s history, we have had three different USS magnets. Oh. The first of which was a naval uh, Navy patrol vessel which was commissioned from 1917 to 1919, so during the First World War. It was initially built as a private yacht um, by the Electric Launch Company of the... I wrote this out, so forgive me. uh, By the Electric Launch Company of BEA Beautiful, Bayonne, New Jersey. Oh, Uh, hey! It was built in 1910. Um, before becoming a section patrol craft. Have you ever heard of a section patrol craft? No. So these were civilian-owned vessels that were commissioned by the military before, during, and then shortly after World War I. So if you had a boat and they thought it was good, it was part of the war effort. Then again, in World War II, there was an Admiral-class minesweeper um, that was used between 1944 uh, until 1945, and it patrolled areas along the Atlantic and South America, just looking for 
ocean mines. Cool. And then at the end of the war, she was exchanged twice between the nationalist Chinese government and the Republic of China. Two different places. Technically, the Republic of China and the nationalist Chinese government is Taiwan. Oh, I did not know that. No, I know. And I, I wrote next to it. Uh, it's a long story that I can't get into because it's 1125 and I'm on the can and I'm starting to lose sensation in my <laughs> legs. In reading this, the aside is for no one and only is making things worse. Dear God, dear God. <laughs> so that's that's all the research I've done on magnets. I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Cliff Notes version. It quite literally is. I want to know the writers. In the in the parentheses, dear God, dear God. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Oh, oh, the humanity. I want, I want cliff notes from now on whenever we do topics. I do quite a bit of sides, <laughs> of sides every now and then. You were something else. Oh, right? God. I try my best. Try my best. That, was, that was fun. Whew, that was a lot of information. That was a lot of information. You know, I'm really, this. we said it earlier, but like we didn't start this to learn people. No, no. But we're learning everyone. I hope so. And and it's, I learn every episode. It's so funny you say that because I really do. I, I We've been giving ourselves more time to yeah. do like our research. Yep. And I am fascinated every time. And I hope that everybody else is too. If not, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but I'm sorry. No, it's... Wow, this nine I, point... I second that. This this 9% ABV is getting me all mouthy. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody get my co-host some water, please. Uh, just, just a little. Nah, I'll, I'll get rid of him in post. We'll take it out in post. We'll take care of it. Don't worry. I want that on a shirt. I will. I'll make that for us. I want us. that on a shirt. If you want, <laughs> if you want us to make that shirt too, uh, we'll, we'll put it up. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, even make that available to the people. Please let us know. Please let us know. And we, we need Hector shirts too. And Hector shirts. Yeah. He was so happy driving on over here. Hector's face on a shirt. As always, dear Alex. It is a pleasure sitting with you. Oh, well, thank you, sir. I think, if anything, this just reinforces that, again, the beer is important, but the conversation, the company just is as important. even more, just yeah, as. Maybe even more. So please uh, check us out next time, next episode. And if you want to get in touch with us, please do. Uh, you can at Twitter, uh, Beers and One. Beers and One. Also on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and Gmail at Beers and Podcast at gmail.com. Well done. Thank you, sir. I did it. You did it. We did it. We did it. Let's be done. We're done. Goodbye. Bye. Beers End is hosted by Alex Chula and me, Nick Messina. Video producer is Mike Delavan. Original music is by Alex Chula. Sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. And audio editing and producing is from me, Nick Messina. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Beers and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Beers and Podcast and on Twitter at Beers and One. That's on Twitter at Beers and the number one. Or shoot us an email at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, Alex and I always want you to enjoy your beer safely and responsibly. Neither Alex nor myself have any affiliations with any of the breweries we sampled in this episode, be them legal affiliations or otherwise. If you have any questions or concerns, please email us at beersandpodcast at gmail.com. That's beers, the word and, podcast at gmail.com.